Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, The Iron Butterfly. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds, and today's episode uh, has a special guest. I'm so excited to chat with this skater that I've known for over a decade now. It's so crazy. Um, She is a six-time French champion and a two-time Olympian. We went to our first Olympics together in Sochi, Russia. Everyone, this is my Berenice Meta. Hi, Polina. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to just hear about your story, especially since we've kind of grown up in the international skating world together. And uh, we recently just did a show together. We were both at Scott Hamilton and Friends um, Benefit Show in Nashville. And it was really fun just kind of having that moment together again after so many years um, internationally. So woohoo. <laughs> This is super exciting. Um, I'm, I cannot wait. Uh, it's an honor to be here and um, I cannot wait to dive into the conversation and yeah. Woohoo. All right. Well, let's, let's start from the beginning. So let's talk about your skating career. So you were born in Paris. Yes. How and why did you get into figure skating? What age were you? Give us the story. <laughs> oh, the story is um, I started skating at five years old and I'm very lucky Um, to have a rink in my hometown and um, we have like that after school program and they were taking us to the ring to the pool so then we can discover different sports and I just fell in love with skating and my parents they're like okay you're a kid with a little too much energy pick a sport to to do because we need to tire you up and I tell I told them figure skating and they were a little surprised because that's not the sport you would think of like right off the bat they're like okay we're gonna put her there. She's going to be there for three months. She's going to be cold and then she's going to stop. Well, 24 years later, we're still here. And that's how it all started. (laughs) That is amazing. I feel like that's such a common experience where figure skating is, it's so not like a standard popular sport, especially when you're in school, just because like schools don't have skating rinks on campus like it's much more popular to go into a team sport where there's like a grass field in the backyard and stuff like that exactly Um, yeah but I think skating's pretty cool so (laughs) oh yes if you ask us and if you ask me that's the most amazing sport but you know (laughs) agreed agreed well you um started you were skating in Paris uh at what point did you feel like this could actually take you somewhere you started to feel competitive in in terms of like your ability and your potential um did your coaches see it early on like I would say what if you started skating at five what age was it kind of clear to everyone around you and yourself um that you could become 
a champion and international skater um, at that level? Um, so for me, when I was young, it was all like always like a game. I never really took it as, oh, I need to do this or do that. It was more like I had a group of friends that we evolved together. So when one skater was doing a jump, then everybody was motivated to lend the jump. So that's how it first started. You know, that group emulation where we it's like it was a positive atmosphere where we were all rooting for each other. At the same time, we we're a little bit competitive, but in a healthy way. And I think I had like great physical abilities since a very young age and my coaches were able to do to see that. And I like I got my double axle, which was like the turning points, which is the turning point in figure skating for many athletes when I was maybe eight or nine, which like was quite young at the time. Now you see it a little bit more often, but before it was like, okay, that's very young. So I just evolved gradually from that point and it was just like one thing after the next so yeah you do um regional competitions and then you do good so you go to the national level and then you go into one and so forth and then you go in junior senior and next thing you know you're at europeans you're like oh okay that's cool and then <laughs> next challenge is like okay let's go to worlds and then i went to worlds and i was like okay great then 2014 here we go and let's try to do our best to get there to me it was really mainly more like a game challenging myself being better than I was before and trying to represent France to the best of my capacities totally so tell us about winning your first French national championship so you have been national champion many times now but the first one is always so special because it's it's the first time that you feel yourself um, standing on top of that podium. So tell us what that meant to you and what that journey was for you. Okay. So if we're talking about the senior national title, it took me a long time to get it. <laughs> Very long time. Um, I was like second for many years, second and one time, maybe third before I got the national title. And I actually got it the year um the the year of the olympics the 2014 olympics that was i think my first title and it was when i stepped on that first like place uh, finally i was able to break that curse <laughs> that was on me <laughs> for the nationals i don't know if it does the same to you but for some reasons nationals was harder to handle like uh, as far as pressure than maybe a Grand Prix or Europeans or Worlds for some reasons. I was always messing up. Even though I was ready the whole season, I was doing great. Nationals was just like that moment. So I had to figure out a way to get out of my head and just do what I know what to do every day. And just having that title, it was like, okay, um, well, now I'm the number one in France. So that means I get to represent France at... Um, Europeans and the Olympics as the national champion um, it's just like an accomplishment of your, the hard work that you've put in it's a stepping stone in your career and you know in your it's always nice to to say that okay I've been a national champion although the title won't define your value um, or like your greatness but I think like selfishly it's really satisfying, you know, for yourself. You're like, okay, that's that's really cool for the ego. It's super cool. And then <laughs> like um, a public recognition of your work. But that doesn't mean like nobody else could deserve it. 
But at that time, at that moment, I was just very happy and proud of the hard work of the team, uh, of myself. Um, and yeah, it, it was like, okay, well, for this year, you're the best in France. And that's pretty cool. And you have the responsibility now to represent your country to the best of your abilities in those international events. So it was just great. It was just great. I love that. Uh, that's such a good point. Um, it It's a huge recognition of everything that you've done and your team's done. I feel like that's sometimes why it feels the most sweet. Um, because obviously, like you said, the ego of it all just, um, it's nice to get to be the national champion, but it's, it's much more uh, rewarding to feel like other people recognize you as being the best. So that's, that's really cool. And Sochi Olympic year, so cool being national champion going to your first Olympics. I mean, that's the dream, right? So yeah. tell us, tell us about Sochi. I have my own experiences from Sh Sochi. I loved it, but I'm curious yeah. to hear from your perspective. Um, I feel like I've talked to quite a few U.S. skaters about Sochi, but I've never really talked to somebody from another country about what they experienced. Ooh, so, yeah. what was your what was your experience there? It was just amazing. Um, I guess because you have the magic of it being your first Olympics. So just you know, being at the Olympics already was a big thing. Um, but now I was on a mission when I went to Sochi. I was like, I need to be in the top ten. So I was not here to play or whatever. I was like, top ten, it is. So um, I don't, I enjoyed every second of it, but at the same time, I know I was very focused on the top 10 rather than when I went to Pyeongchang, it was more like, I enjoy every second of it. And I am soaking in everything that I can because I'm just grateful to be here. And I just want to enjoy the, the journey. I don't know if you know what I mean, but yeah, but totally. so just everything was just amazing i i don't know how to describe it like the teammates the the atmosphere the village everything was so close so you get to discover every uh, other sports um and skating in the last group like skating in the last warmer group for the short program was just surreal i felt like i was a tourist on that warm-up session because i was with ashley carolina um uh, adelina oh it was just surreal. And I was like a kid in the middle of all my, the people that I've admired for so long. And um, the whole experience was just out of this world. I cannot, dis I don't know how to describe it other than it was just out of this world. It was magical. It was um, everything that I've dreamed of. And I just wish that to any athletes that is aiming for the Olympics to just leave their dream like that. It was just yeah. Amazing. I felt the same way, especially because I think that Olympics was still, it was like the ending of a certain era of skating where uh, like the, the generations that we watched on TV for so long were still competing uh, like Mao yeah. and Yuna. And it, it just was like, I, I also felt the same way in the locker rooms. I was like, Oh my God, I, I watched you on TV last month and now I'm sitting next to you. It so is it was, great. Yeah, it was just so special. Uh, the community, like it was that transfer year of like, this is like the end of some icons, icons oh, yeah. careers and the start yeah. of other careers. Yeah. yeah. And and by like 2018, there was kind of like more of a new pool. Yes. So um, yeah, so she was so surreal because of that for sure. Oh, yeah. But you made the top 10. So 
you did yes. your goal you did your oh, goal oh yeah High I was five. like thank you we did it <laughs> but no it was um it was amazing but then the aftermath of the Olympics I don't think we talk enough about it because I don't mm -hmm. know how you felt about it but I was drained I gave everything at those Olympics and when I went to Worlds the greatest short of my life the worst long of my life because I just had no more energy in me to give to like at Worlds and after that it was just so hard to like pick back up and go back to the routine and into the swing of things because I was like okay I gave everything I've reached one of my main goal now I was like oof okay we have to do that all over again all right well yeah <laughs> it's it's definitely a wild ride when you go to worlds a month after the olympics but also i felt it was it was strange for me because it was my first worlds ever too but that's after going to the olympics so i i don't really remember that much of worlds because my brain was so tied to sochi and the olympics of that year yeah. um so i remember bits and pieces from worlds but it didn't like it, it's obviously worlds is such a great competition and it's the most look forward competition of every year but uh like at that at that year at that moment in time I was just like yeah the Olympics were like you know this yeah. times 10 so it yeah very different experience I also I think I don't I think I messed up in my short program and I was like darn you know yeah so, <laughs> but it's Olympics. like you know experience yeah it's absolutely and fun to see everyone again too so oh. Yeah, that's the best that's part. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that you talked about your first Olympics being like you were super focused on results and the second one um, with the experience of having already gone to an Olympics, um, you went after it with a different mentality of just like really soaking everything in. And I've always felt like if I had the chance to go to another Olympics, I would have the same exact mindset because I had the same thing too in Sochi where I was going in so focused. I didn't go to the opening ceremonies, which I regret so much because I wish I, yeah. But at the time I was, I was training in a different country and I was really focused on competition and, you know, got to skate my best and we'll see where I end up and then enjoy, you know, the three days after. Um, yeah. And, and if I went back to the Olympics, I would totally like, I would care about how I skated, but I would really want to soak everything in. And, and it sounds like you had that exact experience. So tell us about going into 2018, why your mind was at that, like what experiences from Sochi slash like, you know, the four years in between made you go in with that mentality and what were the biggest differences for you in the experience of 2018 versus 2014? So going to in 2018. So first of all, after Sochi, mm -hmm. um, before Sochi, I never had any major injury in my life. So life was good. Life was great. The body was good. After Sochi, um, things starting to go bad. So it started with my right knee. And I started to feel a little bit of inflammation. And um, I wish, well, I knew then what I knew, what I know now. But at the same time, it's great experience. And I hope my mistakes will serve other people but um, I just kept skating because I was afraid that um, if I stopped I would lose um, the support that I had from the federation or uh, I wouldn't be able to come back um, I guess I didn't trust in myself enough to be like take those three months off four months off six months whatever you need heal the knee and then come back you'll be stronger 
I did not believe that I could do that. And then I wasn't surrounded by people who had that mentality uh, at that time. So I kept skating with um, an injured knee for the four season after the Olympics, the 2014. So going to 2018, I actually won the girl brought for the Olympics for um, another French girl did. And she was the favorite to go to the Olympics. So I knew for the 2017, 2018 year, I had to prove myself and I had to be the best. Otherwise, I wouldn't go. Like one mistake from me, then they would send somebody else. I, I knew that. Um, and going to the Olympics, that would have been the first time that I was going to go back on the world scene after the 2016 Worlds because um, 2015, I did a top 10. So I brought we brought two spots for friends for 2016. 2016 was Boston and I finished 25th. And after that, I never went to Worlds again. So going into uh, Pyeongchang, I was like, I don't care where I end up. The only thing that I care is for me to put in the work so I can reach the final. Because um, it scarred me so much to bring the two spots for friends the previous year and then the year after to be 25th. And I was like, what did I miss? Where did I go wrong? And um, that's when I started to realize that when I was just maintaining my level, other people were working on details. They were getting better when I was just staying the same. So yeah, I had maybe a little bit of advance on others, but then eventually it caught up with me and they worked so much that they passed me and I was still where I was four years ago. So I was like, okay, for 2018, do everything that you can and go to the Olympics. So when I went, um, I fought as much as I can. I know it wasn't the, as good of a skate as what I did in Sochi, but I fought as much as I could, passed the final, I finished 19th. It's not as good as Sochi, but for me, that meant much more than Sochi because um, it wasn't earned, that it wasn't given, it was earned. Like it wasn't just handed out to me. I had to fought, fight until the Europeans, which are like literally two weeks before the Olympics. Mm -hmm. So mentally, you know what it, what it means. Like, you know how it is when you went to U.S. Nationals and you're like fighting for dear life to be like on that podium to make sure that you will get that ticket after going through the whole Grand Prix season. And um, I was exhausted, but so happy to be there that um, I enjoyed every moment. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in the top 10. I know. But I was back. I went to the final, which was my goal. And I just had fun. I picked some music that I loved, that I knew I, I was going to have fun on. Not everybody understood my programs, but then I was like, you know what? I want to do me for once. So let me pick those music that I like. Let me do something that means something to me, even though you don't understand it. And let's just have a little party on the ice in Pyeongchang. So it was just a more meaningful personal story. It wasn't less, it was less about the result and more about uh, overcoming a personal challenge for this one so yeah that's beautiful honestly it's it's ultimately like you said being like having a number in your head of where you want to land it doesn't encompass everything that the accomplishment of being an olympian is and so it's actually um like you going to pyeongchang it's that 
years in between. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that you were able to have a completely different experience and one that you like hold a lot closer to your heart. Um, oh, yeah. and yeah, it's like the journey, especially after injury. Let's, so let's talk about your injuries. Um, you had that knee injury before. And so tell us about when did you actually get, when did you take time off for that knee injury that you felt like you had to push through before? And then tell us about the un- other injuries you've had since then. Um, since I know injuries, oh God, yeah, they're the worst. When, I feel like when you jump on the train of injury, if you don't take care of it, like right away, you're on for a very long ride. So if you're a skater or an athlete, please take the time. Even if people outside are telling you, can you push a little bit more? You know your body better than anybody else and you feel the pain. So if you know you have to stop, take the time to stop. Trust me, you'll come back stronger than ever if you really do your rehab and stuff. But don't try to push because there is a competition, because there is a, okay, maybe if it's the Olympics and you know you can push a little bit more, maybe, but Remember that you only have one body and um, it cannot be replaced. Just wanted to say that. Now, for the injuries. Um, so it started with um, tendonitis of the patella tendon on the right side. So it's because of a lot of repetition and stuff like that. So I skated on that for, since 2015, 2014, 15 until 2018. After that, I went after the, the Olympics I went into intense rehab where I was going in every day. We were doing some PT, some machines, like specific machines with uh, wave shocks, uh, waves, deep waves, like different type of waves, uh, ultrasound, like everything that I needed to do. Uh, I did some PRP as well, which hurts so much, but was very helpful. And the right knee was better. Now, the problem was I skated on that bad knee for four years. So that... Um, the consequences of that was I got a bad technique because I was compensating as much as I can. And because I was compensating, now the left knee started to be like, well, I've taken on the weight of all of this for years. Now it's my turn to be hurting. So for one season, I was good. And then I started to work on, I can't remember what I was working on. And I was using a lot of my left knee. And then the tendonitis appeared on the left knee. So since 2019, 2020, I have been dealing with the left knee. And then after, well, it was here and there. I took care of it. And then after, on March 24th, 2021, I ruptured my Achilles tendon at Worlds. And after that, well, I had to take... Uh, only six time, six months off, actually. Um, I had an operation, surgery. They put it back together. I was off for six weeks completely. Then after I had to learn how to walk, do everything again. Then I went to uh, an intense rehab center where I learned how to jump and run again after I was back on the ice. And then the process was very long to recover the muscle memory, uh, the strength, to be on the ice to do like like doing an upright spin was so hard when I first started after the the ruptured Achilles tendon because I didn't have any more uh, calf muscle so holding a upright spin just the upright was a nightmare so that's where I'm coming from <laughs> after that um and then 
Oh, Lord, I've had so many injuries since then. That's crazy. Uh, Nationals last year. Um, Right before that, I came back. Well, last year, I really came back strong. Uh, skated like at the Grand Prix, did amazing. And then between the Grand Prix and Nationals, I um I had a bone edema on the left um knee mm. because I was going a, I was doing a combo and then I picked a little too hard. Um it bruised the bone and that was yeah, awful. So I tried to push through nationals and then after that I was like I cannot um and I do not want to force and it took a lot of time to resorb. And uh, that's why I disappeared after nationals last year. Um, and I was not in the best place mentally. Didn't do much uh, for four months. And then decided to come back skating in August. The knee is still a little bit bothering me. So we're going to take the time to heal it and um, make sure that we're strong for the second half of the season. And um, yeah, that's um, the journey of injuries it's it's so hard I've had a bone bruise before as well that was my injury when I was 17 oh mine was on my foot so I was always feeling it when I tapped um yeah yeah, it's like a phantom phantom limb now (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's just I think one of the one of the most difficult parts of that whole process um from injuries that you get when you're younger to now is the mental part of it. Cause obviously physically it's so tough, but as athletes and as people with goals and, and structure in our lives of training every day and everything, it's so hard to sit back and let yourself take the time to heal and not feel like you're falling too far behind. Um, yeah. and you are a very bubbly person. You have a lot of positive outlooks on life in general. Um, but obviously these things really affect us mentally. So what, what has the mental journey for you been in recent years, in recent time? And also since that beginning, like you said, you felt that fear of not being supported if you took time off before and you felt like you had to push through it. So what has the mental journey for you been and how have you gotten yourself out of the lows to have the drive to continue skating? Um, Because you still have so much passion for skating, which is a beautiful thing for how much you've been through in your career already. Um, thank you so much. Um, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. Um, like you said, I'm bubbly, I'm joyful and full of energy. Um, but people haven't seen much of me on social media, specifically where we communicate a lot, uh, in the past two years. Um, because it was very dark, dark, I'm not gonna lie. Um I felt well, first off, I was lost on who I was because when we're um elite athletes. We're so driven on the sport and the results that we tend to um, not have an identity outside of the sport. So the results bec- becomes our, and our our identity. The competitions and the ranking become our identity. But who are we as individuals when, especially when we have tough time, like an injury or something like that? Um, I didn't know who I was. And I think I lost myself to as I was injured because um, when you skate with an injury, I don't know if it did that to you, but I lost all sorts of passion and happiness for the sport. Um, because going in, I was, I know I was, I knew I was going to be in pain. Sometimes I was finishing the session and I could barely walk. Um, 
could barely walk up and down the stairs. I love dancing. Like, I don't even need music that I'm dancing all the time. <laughs> this is something I couldn't do because of the knees and the pain. Um, and then used, I changed a lot. Um, I realized that I wasn't that um, happy person anymore. Um, or at least I was trying to pretend in public. And then behind closed doors, I was just so, it was just so sad and dark and lonely because I was like, I don't want to let them down. I don't want them to feel like I'm a burden for them. Um, I want them to still see me, the bubbly, happy person. Um, but then that was eating me uh, inside. And I had to figure out, I had to face the reality of things. Um, when you're injured, you're not happy. So what do you do? You need to take the time off. You need to trust in your abilities and your power that you will bounce back. You will come back. Um, and actually it's a blessing in disguise because you have the time to work on other things while you're injured. Um, things that we don't take the time to work on on a daily basis because we don't have time. So maybe you can get stronger. You can get more flexible. So I tried to find outcomes like that that would help me cope with uh, the fact that I wasn't going to be on the ice, that I might miss some events maybe. Um, and then also uh, going to school really helped, especially when I had my um, Achilles tendon, because I was bedridden. I couldn't move. I had a cast. But at that time, I was doing writing my thesis for school. So that kept me sane. I'm not going to lie, because otherwise, uh, looking at the ceiling and not knowing what to do with myself would have been rough. And I also have a, an amazing support system. That is something without all my friends, my family, my parents, my loved ones. I don't think I would have stayed sane, to be honest, <laughs> because it was those tough moment, moments, you know, you can uh, rely on them. You can be vulnerable. You can be yourself. You can be authentic. You don't have to hide or to pretend. Um, you can just be yourself. And then during that time, I just um, grow my, grew my faith. Um, I got closer to God, which really helped me dive into who I really was, understanding my strength and weaknesses, understanding if I truly wanted to keep skating or if I was doing it for the fame, for the titles, for this and that. Um, what was my motivation? What is my purpose? What drives me every day to wake up and go to the rink and put on my skates? Um, what do I want to accomplish? What is my life goal, purpose? So I took the time to think about all of that and that gave me hope and I realized that that passion was still burning a little bit inside and writing my thesis also helped me realize like the disruption of the current sporting ecosystem and I feel like there is something that can be done so I want to use my own example to do it and eventually find a, a sustainable solution for athletes to come because I realized that many athletes are on the same boat um so all those help me stay sane and come back slowly but surely and I'm hoping to also use my social media to talk more about those challenges because I feel like in a way we are all like wounded souls that are like evolving in the sporting realm and we all need some sorts of like soothing words or soothing journey to ease those wounds and then 
overgrow like those wounds so then we can evolve and become the woman or men that we're meant to be so yeah sorry for the long answer <laughs> no that was wonderful I think it's it's so amazing that you were able to get clarity on such complex and important questions in your life and especially during a time where you are in a darker place and you're not doing the day-to-day -day things that make you happy and instead you're kind of forced like you said, to look at the wall and think about these things. And a lot of people don't because they are afraid of the answer. Um, and, and you did it and now you're on the other side and you, you have all this faith and hope. And that's like, that's what everyone wants at the end of the day. Right. That's the dream. Yeah. You would hope that it wouldn't give you the other answers of you being like, Nope, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. So, wow. But, that that's incredible. Yes. But I mean, I, it's like, even if my, I came to the conclusion that I was done. I mean, I now realize that I can be proud of everything that I've done, which before was not the case because, well, I've been here for a lot, many years. I've never had a um, Grand Prix medal. Um, I was close to European podium, but I was only fifth, people would say. Um, I was in the top 10 at Worlds, but I never had a world medal. So I'm like, really, what did I do? Like when you think as far as performances and stuff, sure. that's how harsh we are as athletes. And unless we have those titles or medals, we're like, but really, what did I do? But then when I went to Skate Canada this year, um, totally unprepared. I knew it. We knew it. My team knew it. But we were like, okay, just go. Like not fully prepared to the extent that I know I can be prepared. And um, after the free skate, and after not doing my best performance, I still saw the love of people for who I was. And that was like the best realization I could have in my career. So even if I have to stop today, which I don't want to, but if mm -hmm. I would be satisfied with everything that has been done. I think that's so important because especially with athletes that get injured or in general, I think athletes of this current newer generation where there's a lot of younger um, skaters, but now, now it's like kind of shifting back in the last couple of years, which is really awesome. In my opinion, shifting back to giving more time for people to grow into their skating. It, it does give you the sense of people value you for what you're putting onto the ice, regardless of the result or the medal or the the jumps that you're doing so much more that goes into why people are fans of certain figure skaters. And I think it's pretty universal for most athletes to feel like unless they're winning something, they're just going to be forgotten or they're just going to be pushed aside. And then, you know, it's not the legacy that they wanted. Um, and I think with what you're saying, and I think a lot of other like current skaters in the field are like starting to experience this again, which is what we used to watch when we would watch Malasada and you knock him and everything. It's like they leave a lasting legacy, not only for, you know, the elements that they're putting onto the ice and the medals, but it was more of like that artistic art form that they were contributing to the greater figure skating experience. And so it's awesome that you were able to experience that at Skate Canada this year, where you felt like you were doing that too, um, regardless of, you know, anything else. Cause it is so important to have that representation in skating. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's not always easy to get to that point. It's not at all, actually. But when we get there, it's just, 
I feel you skate more freely too. You enjoy like in a different way. And it's just, I just wish that to any athlete to get to the point where they're like, of course you, you want the medal because we're competitive. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, it's not the end of everything if you don't get this because you can share so much more than than that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something like shows is such a great avenue too, where you really start to feel that like community love um, because again, you're recognized for what you've contributed to the sport regardless of title. And I think, um, yeah, that's something that I really enjoyed about doing the Nashville show with you recently. Yeah. It was just that same thing where it's like, there's obviously always dreams that we have and goals that we haven't reached that we wish we had, but at the same time, we're still recognized for, um, you know, who we are as skaters and art forms and whatever. And, and that's like a beautiful thing to experience now. And I just think of us back in 2014 and the, the difference in 10 years. Um, it's yeah, a wild journey for sure. It is, but it's a beautiful one. And I love to see also the evolution, even in, in you, the content that you put out there and the way you inspire people and then skating with you in Nashville and being reunited with everybody, it just felt different i i don't know how to explain it but it, it was just a f big family reuniting doing what we love uh, for a greater cause and that to me is priceless it's worth every medal every title because it's just beyond it's beyond skating it's beyond us it's like just a moment in time like yeah it's just my magnificent <laughs> i totally agree i think um It's, it's just like a shift in the skating culture, which I think in the last couple of years with, with more and more um, older skaters starting to find success, like long-term success career-wise uh, within the competitive realm, rather than I feel like in the 2018 like span, there was like five years where it was just like new person, new person, new person. And that, that starts to like impact so many people, obviously the viewers, but also just the competitors of feeling relevance, relevancy. There we go. That's the right word. And now, but now it's kind of shifted a little bit back to more of like honoring everything that you've put in and people from the past and all of that stuff. So how has it been for you? You've been in the international scene for so long and you've been in the shift of like the older skaters where you had to kind of wait your turn, so to speak, um, to kind of get placement versus it's shifted to all these young new skaters with quads and all the stuff like coming in. And now it's kind of shifted back to more like of a mature skating styles winning. How have you approached the changing landscape of international competition? Um, And, and how do you think it's going? What what do you hope for as somebody that's currently in it? It's um it was very interesting to witness and it was very interesting to skate in all those era actually mm -hmm. because um the earlier years for me was like we came as the outsider when the older generation was here they had the more mature skating and there were more women on ice when we were like younger but we had that freshness in the technique if we can say and we were like challenging them technically and that's as I think what we saw with um the 2018 era where they came with those crazy technical abilities and I'm like what is that how are we supposed to compete 
you do all your jumps in the second half. I can barely do three in the second half. <laughs> But at the same time, I feel it's good because then it forces us to think differently, to think, to be a little bit smarter in the approach, to see how we can combine um, our maturity and uh, the Yeah, the maturity and the choreography and the, the expression and how we can spice up a little bit our technical skills, uh, how we can get as close as possible to what they do without overdoing it. But, you know, it's a good it's good to be challenged because otherwise you just do the same thing and you never evolve. So in a way, it was good that they arrived with all those quads and um, all those technical intricacy, because now you can see that more and more people are tending to um showcase those skills too not only just a specific part of figure skaters but more and more skaters are trying to showcase that as well as a more elaborate um figure skating um style and um expression and type of way so i think it's essential to always have the newer generation to come here and be the challenging one and be like hey you you thought you were it but we're coming So move your butt. And at the same time, we can be here with the experience and be like, yes, you have the freshness of the technique, but we have the experience that you don't have. So there is like good things to take on both sides. And it's each skater's um, duty to like find in themselves and their team, their strength, understand their strength, work on their weaknesses to keep furthering like the evolution of figure skating but i think it's going the the right direction yeah i think it's like kind of like the pendulum <clears throat> was swinging really far yeah <clears throat> excuse me the pendulum was swinging really far um and now it's kind of starting to swing back but like more gently starting to fall yeah. into more of a middle ground which i think is so great um so i'm i'm definitely excited to see the combination and honoring both like different types of skating um, into like one more balanced uniformed type of, you know, uh, standard. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, but tell us a little bit about um, training. So you were in France initially, and then you started training in the US and you've trained in Chicago, Los Angeles, and now Tampa, right? So tell us a little bit about like your decision to move to the U.S. for training and like the different places that you trained, coaches you worked with, and and like ultimately now you're in Tampa, like what's your favorite, what's been your favorite place in the U.S. and yeah, yeah. what what's keeping you? So yeah, I, after 2014, I wanted to um, level up as simple as that. And I feel like, um, we've reached a point in France and I wanted to have international experience. So at first it was more like I was going from time to time to Chicago. Then eventually I was there a little bit more often. And I trained there with Shanetta Fall. And it was just amazing to really discover a new culture, to um, be introduced to a new f uh, form of training as well, because in the US it's more like a lesson base type of things. So um, you're learning how to be more autonomous. Um, so it was just different. And I really loved that. And the reason why I decided to stay in the US afterwards is because in France, I couldn't really find a facility that could offer me 
um, everything that I needed in one place or like very close to everything, close to each other um, to build that supporting ecosystem that I was looking for. So in um, Chicago, I was able to build that. Then after the 2018 Olympics, or before, like coming up to the 2018 Olympics, I went and do some summer camps in Los Angeles with uh, Rafael and training with um, Adam, Nathan, Mariah, um, Ashley was just the greatest lesson I could ever wish for because seeing how much work they all put in to get to be ready, I realized that, okay, I need to step up my game because that is what you call working hard. You're not working hard enough. So it's always nice to be in an environment where you're uh, always like people are pulling you up like to do more and better. And then um, after 2018 Olympics, I wanted to settle in a place where I would um, work with a team for four years to really get ready for the next Olympic cycle and not just like go from one place to another or traveling back and forth. And um, Vanessa, she's my best friend, but she also used to train in Florida. And I saw her evolution um, and I was like, I really love what I'm seeing and I do think that's what I need. So why not try and give it a shot? And um, I I had the, the honor to witness how she, how much work she put in on a daily basis. And I was like, okay, so to be a champion, that's what you have to do. And um, I learned from her. And then I, John and Sylvia are my coaching team now. Um, they're doing an amazing job at working on details and, oops, sorry, Jesus. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, they're doing an amazing job at working on details and, um, I've added to that team Lorenzo so he could work on my technique because of all the years where I was injured and, um, just um my muscle memory was bad so we need to unlearn to relearn everything and uh yeah now i'm evolving in florida it's been five years going on six already i'm um thank you i love it i love florida like i i just want to stay in florida florida is just amazing uh it feels like vacation all year long you go to the rink and then after you get out, it's amazing. There's the sun out, palm trees. You can go to the beach. You do, you can do your recovery at the beach. Like it's, it's just amazing. Um, and um, I'm surrounded by a coaching team that also understands that I'm not a kid anymore, that I'm more of, you know, on the older side of figure skating. So they're very comprehensive about that. Um, we can talk openly about my needs, about the, the vision that I have. And mainly, like mostly they um, support my journey. And that is something um, very incredible, especially given everything that has been going on, especially given all the injuries that I've had, they still believe in my project. And for that, I'm very grateful. So um, yeah, that's um, a little bit of my training situation. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's it's awesome that you've been able to experience and take lessons from so many different chapters in your life. And now you're full circle in Tampa and you feel supported. And 
I think loving where you live is really important for the mental health too, especially when it comes to spending so many hours towards skating um, and the same type of thing. So living in the sunshine, I support it so much. (laughs) Love that. Sunshine sisters. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, lastly, um, tell us a little, like you said, you're, you're an adult now and you're, you're building your life, not just, um, you know, a kid skating and, and not really sure, um, you know, like when things are going to like pan out. So tell us about building your personal life in Tampa now alongside um, the journey of your professional skating. What are your hobbies and interests outside skating? Um, what about the community that you've built? And um, yeah, I think that's like a really interesting component to skating, especially as adults, because it's not just, it's so different when you're a kid, when you're a kid, it's really all you focus on, but now there's, there's so much more in the balance and that makes life so much better. Um, but we don't really hear about those stories. So. No, that's true. But now I feel like in retrospect, um, that's a component that we should implement younger. So then uh, skaters and athletes can have a better balance in their life because, yeah, it's important to be performant, but sometimes to be performant, you need a personal life, personal time. You need some downtown, downtime. But for me, um, things that I love to do outside of skating, I, well, I have a master's in marketing. So marketing, digital marketing is my passion. Um, Sisters, yes. marketing sisters. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Um, I'm working on based off of my personal experience and then everything that I've learned about marketing, um, throughout my curriculum, I am working on a platform management platform that I would like to put out there to help athletes, um, reach, um, that point of equilibrium in their life and make their life easier and to think about details that we don't think about, but, uh, will make their life as adults after their career. A little bit easier because um while being injured i realized that financial precariousness is right around the corner when you cannot use your tool to make money the way you used to make money and um when you're 26 and you don't have a job other than skating you're like oh that's tough then what what's next so um using my experience to bring a solution out there um also a solution that could help coaches maybe regain their time back and um um help their athletes get to the high performance sphere so that's my hobby it doesn't look like a hobby for other people but for me it's a hobby I really like it (laughs) I like it it's productive yes definitely and then if I'm not doing that then I just like to enjoy going to the beach because I have the time and the opportunity to be able to do so um, to go to some events and like discover new people that are outside of the sporting realm and just talk about like investment and growth and like adult stuff, I guess. <laughs> I'm not that super, it's not like very fun or out of the ordinary, but yeah, getting to meet new people outside of skating is nice because we can talk about something else. I um, yep, I love that. Oh, yeah. Like, I've always made sure to maintain a connection with my friends from school that were outside of skating because sometimes you just want to disconnect, not just like have a no, 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 just fully disconnect and think about something else. Um, And then, um, yeah, why not, you know, 
nothing very crazy. <laughs> it's it's so funny that you say um talk about adult things <laughs> just yes. because I I think it's it's obviously a natural evolution for everybody to kind of reach a phase where they get excited about like having a vacuum cleaner or something like that right where you're just like wow I'm really an adult if I'm excited about new glassware in my cabinet instead of you know whatever else we wanted as kids Um, but I think like more recently something I've been experiencing in my personal life is just how wonderful it is to have the opportunity and the freedom to actually build what you want out of your life or, you know, like start filling your house with things that you like and be able to, um, actually do things that you want to do. Um, obviously with the construction of work and, you know, obviously something like sport or whatever else, like activities you have going on. But when you're, when you're a child, you don't really get that freedom and flexibility, obviously, because your parents are doing it for you, uh, while you focus on sport and school, Um, And so like reaching this like point in our lives where we are adults and we're talking to other adults about adult things, quote unquote, it's really, it's so nice to be, be like, basically still have a a childlike creation mindset, but actually be able to implement it in real life now because our life is in our hands. Nobody else is pulling the strings anymore. So um, yeah, I love, I personally love that component. I love talking about the adult things. (laughs) with my friends too, because it just makes me, makes me think of like, wow, I love this chapter. I love this chapter yeah. so much. Oh yeah. yeah. It's an amazing one. And, um, I don't know if it's because we are, we were like, we we're athletes and we used to have very intense childhood that now I'm just enjoying that phase where it's like, okay, I can decide. I can decide, like you said, I can decide, okay, I want to do this. I want to invest my time in that. And, um, I can create an environment that's mine in a way and I can I, I can envision it, I can invest in it, and then I can make it my reality. And um if that's adulthood, then oh, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Well said. I love that. Well, it's amazing. Um, and I hope and wish for the best in your skating journey and just life journey too. There's so many, so many things that um, I know you're going to be able to do with just like, you know, professional avenues that you want to go down. And I definitely hope that we do some more skating shows together because it was really fun in Nashville. We have to. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for sharing your your skating story with us and just your life journey so far. And I'm really happy to hear that you have experienced a lot and you're really like authentic and and honest with yourself and everybody else and, and um, really positive with what potential you still have and so yeah it's been it's been really great talking to you about your story thanks so much thank you so much for having me Polina it's a pleasure um and I wish you nothing but the best for the upcoming episodes because it's a just a blast to listen to your expertise and to see your evolution as well in all the endeavors that you've taken on and I truly truly hope that we're going to be cast again on some other source together because that was it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll do side-by-side double axles again. Yes.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.